Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Everybody knows what time this is. It is Attitude Era Live time, and you are tuned to 89.1 Kens FM, Monday Live Monday, right here, Fargo, North Dakota. you got the best and the brightest and all the other good stuff that comes with our show, and we are going to entertain the masses just like we always do, and we have a couple surprises with us as well. First off, I do believe we have the Modern Nightmare. He just arrived in studio. How are you, sir? Well, after a long uh, work week and stuff like that, I'm ready to be live again on Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday. And if I'm not mistaken, we also have Granny Hulkster with us as well. How are you, Granny? I'm okay. Ready for another show on 89.1 Kins FM. And also, we have another special guest with us tonight, which is going to be really fun. I cannot wait for this one. Uh, I believe we have the one of the greatest... Uh, uh, showgirls in history with us, and uh, I believe her name is Lolly Tops, and she's here with us. Are you there? Hey, man. Hey, this is Lolly Tops. How are you? The legend, well, the body, the top. Here I am. All right, and you're going to be co-hosting with us. We, uh, you got a uh, new yeah. uh, radio show coming up that we're going to be talking about later on. Uh, in between guests, yes, we'll hit that. So we'll have some fun later on yeah. with that. So everybody stay tuned because I know that Lolly's got a lot of stuff to say. And i got to figure out why this thing is doing this. So uh, in the meantime, let's talk about who we got tonight. we got our first guest, Kelly Slaughter. Uh, Matthias, Grady, do you recognize that last name, Slaughter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I certainly do. And, of course, her father was Sergeant Slaughter, WWE Hall of Famer and living legend. She'll be talking with us. We have Tommy Kovac. Uh, I guess you could say he's like an 80s movie geek. So we're going to be talking to him. And we have Linda Gale Scott. She's been in a few movies. She's an actress. And she's going to be telling us all about her movie career when she's on with us later on tonight. However, let's go ahead and get everybody caught up. First off, Granny, what have you been up to? Oh, not a whole lot. Just been really busy. Um, went to a wrestling show. In good old Springdale, Arkansas, yesterday uh, was a really good show and everything. Had a great time and um, just lots going on right now. So, and uh, Matthias, what's been new with you? 
Not much. Just doing the same old, same old, working and that kind of thing. <laughs> Haven't done much of wrestling recently. Like I said, I was on a two-week break, so just kind of saving up some money so I can do some more traveling. All right. And then uh, we'll kind of catch everybody up here on Lolly Tops. Now, you have a radio show that uh, you're going to be launching. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, okay, so I'll, I'll go back with a little bit of um, history. Um, uh, I have a couple years ago, um, about 10 years ago, I started working with a couple of Internet radio stations. Uh, uh, radio, radio Riff was one of them, Sick World Radio, um, uh, Metal Mafia. And uh, what we did was we, a uh, bunch of us girls would go out as rock girls as teens, and we would go out and, you know, hand off flyers and promote bands and things like that for the radio stations. And the radio stations would come into town, and you know, they would uh, come to attend the show, and then, you know, we'd put them on air and promote the bands, and it would be a whole kind of, like, cool deal. And we, a bunch of us did that for quite a many years. And, um, and uh, I quit it for a while. I put it to the side for a while because I had uh, brought Lolly back into this, into the adult industry again. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of like one or the other. And until a little bit, you know, I got some time to kind of bring it back. And I always kind of thought it'd be more fun to bring it back when I had a chance to again. And uh, the opportunity came up. And um, so I am planning on opening the show maybe about May-ish. And um, I plan on doing um, at least two hours. I'm going to do two hours, start it off with two hours. Um, it's, this is more like a, it's, it's serious for me, but at the same time, um, uh, I've got a lot of other projects going on at the same time too. So that's, I kind of limited myself to, you know, two hours of I, you know, trying to get some of the bands from, you know, uh, when I travel, you know, in, out there because, there's a lot of amazing, amazing underground artists. There's a lot of uh, great bands that, you know, didn't get a chance to, uh, the opportunity to be able to be put out there live, or you know, for a split second or anything like that. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I missed that. So I think, um, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this again. Uh, it's cool. And if you ever need a co-host, I would love to uh, join you. I, uh, I myself yes. am... Uh, I, I can uh, I, I can yeah, bring the, I well I can bring the masses to you, like I do every week yeah. here on eighty nine point one Kens FM. However, when it comes to music, if I mean if we're talking about nineties country, we're talking about fifties and sixties and some eighties hair well, bands. I'm right there. Well, we're talking rock and metal. We're we're talking rock and metal. Rock and metal is kind of more my thing. I do like I I do like hip hop and and um, I love classical, but uh, rock and metal or you know rock and metal like thrash. Uh, metal like death metal, a lot of stuff. You know, that's that's more my, that's kind of more my thing. So that is cool. Um, and but I, I, I know I would nothing love about to, country. <laughs> well, I would I would definitely love to be part of your show at least one time, and then you can fire me afterwards. Yes. But we'll, oh. we can talk about yeah. that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. we we got a big show done. We're just waiting for our first guest to show up, and I forgot to let you guys know about this. Once a month, at least once a month, I'm going to start having a guest host because I mentioned last week that, you you know, guys, we are booked until the end of 2024 now. 
And I really don't want to start booking into 2025, even though there are guests that are willing to do this. I don't want to do that. So what I'm going to do is some of the guests that want to come on in 2025, the famous ones, I'm going to have co-hosts with us, and then we'll bring them back for a full show later on, kind of like what we're doing uh, with uh, Tops here. She's, uh, she's been on with us before, and she is going to be on with us again. Right now we're going to have her co-host yes. because I want to have her talk about her, her great show. Now, Granny, you mentioned that you had some wrestling this weekend. Did you get into any trouble? I never um, get into trouble. <laughs> I know better than that. A matter not, of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, I actually wore my the Godmother of Wrestling shirt last night instead of my original Granny shirt. So, because there are certain people at Diamond State Wrestling that needs to pay be a little bit more respectful to Granny than what they were last night. I got that's your back. You bring me. You bring me. That's all I'm gonna say. And Angel Camacho and the Camachos, you know who you <laughs> all are. And I'm not cooking and cleaning for you either, Mr. Ugly. You need to bow to the godmother of wrestling, and they're all a bunch of peasants. And that's what, what I informed them of last night. They cheat. They don't know how to play fair. And, you know, Angel Camacho, your time is coming. That's all I'm going to say. Your time is coming. You are going to, you're going to lose your next match at Diamond State Wrestling, whenever that may be. That's all I'm going to say. You know, Matthias, <laughs> it sounds like uh, they would be uh, shoeers for Sly Guys, would they not? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you know, we we only uh, we only bring in the elite, the only elite superstar into the Sly Guys, and we've already got the. Well, I don't want to be part of the Sly Guys, okay? I do not like the heels. You know that, Matthias, and I am just... When Granny is claiming that these people are peasants, she's coming off a little heelish, so I mean... No, I'm not coming off heelish. No, I'm not coming off heelish. I am calling them peasants because they are not respectful to me. Exactly. Anybody (laughs) that doesn't respect you... I used to have... I still have a shirt... When TCW ran, that said Granny Hulkster, the queen of TCW. I was the queen oh. of traditional championship wrestling when it ran in Arkansas. And I too, still, oh. to this day, still have people recognize me from the TV tapings. And TCW quit running in 2013 in Arkansas. The company right. quit well, running their shows, but they still show the old reruns on TV. And I still, to this day, still have people recognize me. I am not a heel, and will I never become a heel? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We need our first guest is waiting in the wings. Uh, I need to need to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsor, and then we'll have our first guest. So everybody, stick with us after this break. So you're outside looking at that ticking time bomb of snow on your roof. A phone call to Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal will solve that problem. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. 
Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. Once winter is over, they are ready for any concrete project you have. Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal at 701-866-9018. All right. And uh, we are very grateful that they do sponsor the show. And it sounds like we are going to be having uh, a use for them in the next couple days. So if you have been watching the weather real quick here, if you've been watching the weather, there's going to be a lot of snow coming here. And if you are tired of shoveling your sidewalk, if you're tired of getting up early to remove all that snow that we have, elevated snow removal is the guys to call. And if you need information on how, if you need their number again, give us a call here. We'll get you their information. Free estimates. They do a wonderful job. They save our boss his back, his hands, his legs, everything by clearing out his driveway every uh, every snowfall. So check them out if you need them. They're always available. Right, but right now, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, ten hut. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the daughter of the living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Miss Kelly Slaughter. How are you, ma'am? Hey, this is Kelly Slaughter. You're listening to the Attitude Air Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. All right. How are you, ma'am? Good to have you with us. I'm great. How are you? Good. So we have uh, Kelly Slaughter here with us, and we have 31 minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you give us a little background about yourself. Then I'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll have Granny and the Nightmare and Lolly Top to ask you a few questions. Then we're going to come back to me and ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead and give us a little background about yourself, because you do have an interesting last name. It does sound familiar to us. <laughs> well, I am Slaughter Daughter. I am Sergeant Slaughter's youngest daughter. Um, uh, and it's been very interesting upbringing with him as my dad, for sure. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so you, A very you, good you mentioned, I will say. Well, you mentioned that you're his youngest daughter. How many siblings uh, do you have? It's just me and my older sister. So now, when when were you born? I was born in seventy nine. Okay, so you were you were around at the time when Sergeant Slaughter uh, was an Iraqi sympathizer during WrestleMania six, and that had to have been a bad time for you because you and I are about the same age. You're about a year younger than me. And mm-hmm. I remember, we all remember the first Gulf War, and we, as wrestling fans, and we're going to talk about this, remember the, well, let's just say the path that your father was on uh, in the early 90s during the first Gulf War, you know, posing with Saddam Hussein and being an Iraqi sympathizer and all that, but we, we did forgive him eventually. I'm going to talk about that, too, on the, mm-hmm. on the flip side of my questions. But I heard that you guys got... You know, you guys were getting threats, and people were coming to your house. Your dad had to wear bulletproof vests everywhere. You had to have security outside your house. What was that upbringing like? What was that like growing up with a Secret Service agent outside of your house? 
Um, it was weird because none of my other friends had people living in um, RVs outside their house <laughs> and following them around. And <laughs> I was in the sixth grade, and we all know being in the sixth grade is awkward anyway. So then add on top of that, my dad is now this traitor. He's turned against his country and is an Iraqi sympathizer. I got it so bad in school. I mean, kids were not nice to me at all. Um because of that and I will say I gave it right back to them like I didn't just sit there and um like a you know scared dog or anything like that I gave it right back but it was not fun and it was also scary because we didn't know you know is somebody going to make good on these threats of you know killing my dad and his family and um, you know, Vince McMahon did the right thing when these threats came in, and he, you know, as you said, gave us security 24 hours outside our house. We had surveillance cameras inside and outside our house. Um, they changed the venue of WrestleMania so it would be somewhere where there was more security. Um, he had to wrestle in a bulletproof vest. Um, I mean, it was scary. And, you know, going to school, there's someone following us on my way to school to make sure that nothing bad happened to us. It was, it was a scary time for sure. Kelly Swatter's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. We got 28 minutes here with Kelly. I'm going to ask a few more questions and we'll do the round table. So I'm just kind of curious, do you still hold the record for most uh, times in detention in sixth grade for battling your classmates? <laughs> I do. I got a couple uh suspension fair. <laughs> And I'm sure that uh, your your security guard uh, loved uh, being uh, in detention with you as well and eating school lunch and doing all the other good stuff that comes with being in sixth grade. That had to have been fun for them. Oh, yeah. Now, they didn't um, actually go into the school with us, um, but they did follow us to school. And, you know, my sister was four years older, and so – None of she didn't get it as bad as I did because they kind of understood what it was and that it was you know wrestling and um, you know she did, definitely did not get it as bad as I did. Well, you know that would have been fun though if uh, someone wanted to take your your sister to prom and they <laughs> would have to go ask Sergeant Slaughter if he could if they could date your date his daughter. Um, I, that would be kind of awkward. I, like I say, I, I had a little run-in with your dad when I was uh, about your age. I'm, we'll talk about that because I don't want you to hang up because I still want you to like me. But anyway, we're going to do a quick little <laughs> roundtable here. First off, uh, Granny, I know you know her dad, and I know that you're, you were around in that time. So we have our guest, Kelly Slaughter. We're on 89.1 Kids FM, and we got 26 minutes. Go ahead. Oh, well huge fan of the sport and I am very familiar with who your father is I mean mean, he I have watched your father wrestle for many 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 years over the years so and I actually had the opportunity to meet your dad at WrestleCon I believe he was at WrestleCon last year when my family and I went to Texas with our friend for Wrestlemania so he, he, your your dad is very very famous, and it's just it's a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. So, oh, thank you. The pleasure is mine. So, 
Yes, it must have been very interesting growing up. Um, like I said, you know, having Sergeant Slaughter as your father. I mean, I'm just trying to think of a really good question because it seems like Icon has kind of asked all the good ones that I was thinking yeah, of. And, yeah, You know, so I still have more. I still have more. Oh, I'm sure you do, Icon. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But... Um, so what was it, I mean, just what was it like? I mean, you know, just living that kind of lifestyle, having your father as a big professional wrestler superstar, I mean, what, what was that like for you? I mean, I know that had to have been challenging sometimes with people, I'm sure. Yes, it was very challenging at times. Um, you know, I didn't, know what he did for a living until I was maybe in um, first or second grade. Um, They kind of hid it from us. And um, when I finally found out, it was, I remember my dad would be sitting watching tapes of himself and I would walk into the living room and I would go, daddy, what are you doing? And he would say, oh, daddy's just dancing. And so I laugh now because I'm like, I wonder how many people I told when they asked me what my dad did for a living. And I was like, he's a dancer. (laughs) (laughs) A dancer. (laughs) Um, But it definitely, you know, he was a wrestler for my whole life. And so I really didn't know any different. Um, So a lot of times when people ask me that, um, a lot of times when people ask me that question, I will say, um, I don't know. What's it like to have a dad that's not famous or that's not a wrestler? Because I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to go to dinner somewhere and not have people, you know, start whispering about, that Sergeant Slaughter. Do you know who that is? Let's go ask for an autograph. Um, you know, things like that. So we definitely well, have I have, really good I, I, I have met I have met some pretty famous wrestlers over the years and I'm friends with with some I mean I my my family and I actually got to have dinner with Hacksaw Jim Duggan one time at an independent wrestling show in Harrison Arkansas I live in Arkansas and you know and we've had dinner with Tommy Dreamer too you know after a wrestling show for uh an independent show that we were at so and I'm friends with Ricky and Robert the Rock and Roll Express and of course I knew beautiful Bobby Eaton before he passed so I've met many famous wrestlers over the years but I always respect them you know if I were to see if I were to see your father out in public somewhere I would not I mean I would I would not go up and ask him for an autograph because I respect their privacy that they want to have. I mean, just, I mean, yes, I am a wrestling fan, but if I was to see, I mean, any professional wrestler out in public, you know, I would not go up and ask them for an autograph. I would respect their privacy because it's just the way that I was raised. That's the way that I am. And and I think that's important where people should respect that, you know, so... Well, yeah, she because she wants your autograph instead. Well, I have had people come up and ask me for my autograph. I've had people come up and ask for my picture with me that I don't even know. And like I said, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan, like 
like they are, you know. So, I mean. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the, before we go to Lolly here, we'll go, we'll go to the modern nightmare Matthias. Now, he's our resident wrestler, and he's also a wrestler. And uh, he he has mentioned several times that the reason why your dad retired from in-ring competition was because of him. So he's going to explain himself a little bit. Go ahead, Nightmare. What do you got? Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, soon-to-be EWI Epic Champion, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program yeah icon did take a lot of the good questions but um my main question that i can think of right now to you would be like back from a very young age when you would run into uh, a particular wrestling family you know such as the hart family for instance that they were training like from a very young age like it wasn't like they were pressured they kind of just you know fell into the business was that were you ever like Immediately when you were born and stuff like that and you were growing up with Sergeant Slaughter as a dad, was there ever talks about you, you know, becoming a wrestler like at an early age or was there anything like that? Or was it kind of just you got to do and lead your own kind of path? Because, again, with other families, it's kind of like they just fell into the business and they just decided to do that. Was it similar with you or or were you just kind of being able to do your own thing? So I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to – I what I saw in wrestling back then, as far as the women goes, was they were either arm candy as managers like Miss Elizabeth, or they had Glow, which was the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. But to me, it was very campy. It was almost like a joke. Like I wanted to wrestle the men. I wanted to wrestle the boys, and um, it never happened because my dad did not want that for me. He lived the wrestler's life. Um, he knew what it was all about. I mean, he was gone 300 days of the year. Um, he didn't want that life for me, so he never encouraged me. I was never discouraged to being a wrestler, but it was never encouraged either. And even now that I'm older, you know, I've talked to him about it. You know, Dad, you know, what do you think? Should I go and, you know, get some training for wrestling? And he just shakes his head. He's like, no, you've got kids at home. You need to be at home with your kids. So even now that I'm older, he still does not encourage it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's like that's the one thing with wrestling, too, I've learned, is like when you have kids of your own, that is quite the sacrifice. <clears throat> but you have to choose whether you're going to be on the road and traveling hundreds of days a year or if you want to spend time home with your family. That's why, like, it's kind of nice with uh, with my current program. I go out and wrestle but I'm always home on the weekends. I'm not traveling hundreds of days a year. I mean, of course, that's always my dream, and that's what I'm aiming to do later on in life, but it's always that one sacrifice that you're going to have where you won't be able to see your family as much. But, I mean, like I said, everybody's got their own opinion, and, and definitely it's interesting having a father such as Sergeant Slaughter. And it, it's kind of and it's nice, too, how you said he wasn't uh, – he wasn't just he didn't want that life for you but he wasn't all but he wasn't pushing you away from it either he was kind of giving you that that to have your own opinion and stuff like that too mhm right exactly and, and you then, know uh, who knows what happens in the future i may become you know may do something in the wrestling business i don't know who knows what the future holds but right now it's you know most wrestlers retire when they're my age <laughs> you know or before they're my age, so 
unless you're Ric Flair. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Kelly Swatters, our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. We have 17 minutes here with Kelly. Now, uh, Kelly, I want to introduce you to our guest host. Her name is Lolly Tops. And, Lolly, what do you have for our, our, our guest, Kelly Swatter? Go ahead. Hi, Kelly. So, so I, guess, um, I guess my question would be um, how many years of time and dedication did it, did it actually take for, you know, the whole process of you becoming a professional wrestler? Um, like, I mean, myself, like, being a professional dancer, I've been doing it for 20 years. But, like, for you as an art and also as your career, um, did you start at, like, age 16, 20? Like, when did you take it serious, and how long was the process, you know, before you were actually decided you were determined? Well, I don't wrestle, so I have not gone through that process. Um, you know, my for my dad, though, he started um, not long out of high school, and um, he went to training camp with uh, Vern Gagne's training camp in Minnesota, in the Midwest where you guys are. And um, I would say he probably did it for a few years before he um, started out on the road and things. But I don't wrestle. Right. You put your body through some extreme things, man, you know. So, I mean, I have a lot of respect for anybody that is an athlete. I know. But you you have to push your body above and beyond. So, Oh, yeah. Hey, I respect the dedication and the time. Oh, 100% for sure. I mean, it's, um, you know, wrestling is a different kind of sport, too, because there is no off-season. So they don't have right. time to recover like the other sports right. do. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so. which, is, which is exactly what I'm saying is, is, yeah, there is no downside. You're constantly, you constantly have to work on your body to keep up, yeah. you know. So, yes. yeah, I totally respect the dedication to it. Me too. Uh, Kelly Swatter is Kelly Swatter's our guest here. We've got 15 minutes left. Now, I want to tell you a quick little story, and I know this is going to bore everybody. I want to tell you a story. Now, <laughs> when I was your age and the, the Persian Gulf War was going on, of course, my father served during that time, and it was a bad a bad time for my, my family because we didn't know when he was coming back or when he was going, all that. But there was there was a match that your dad, Sergeant Slaughter, had against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I was sitting ringside, and I was booing your dad pretty loudly, and uh, I think I even uh, spilled my pop on his shoes by accident. <laughs> Ha-ha. And uh, he said, sit down, you puke. Yeah, yeah, he said, sit down, you puke, and then he's like, he's like really giving me the business, and then here comes uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and then hits your dad in the back with a two-by-four and saves me from your dad. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, well, the one thing I, I do want to, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, going through security and all this, but there's one other aspect of uh, your dad that I actually fell in love with your dad. He was actually part of the the G.I. Joe cartoon franchise as Sergeant Slaughter. Now, they didn't keep that from you, did they? No. Uh, by the time that happened, we knew what he did for a living. So, now, uh, did you have, uh, did you have like, all the action figures of your dad, too? And, like, uh, you know, 
I, I can just imagine you, it, it, you know, in, during story time in your bedroom, you like got Barbie, and then he, she's walking across the floor with your dad, Sergeant Slaughter, and then they they meet the. What, did you guys do stuff like that, or did Barbie have to stay away from Sergeant Slaughter? So I did have his action figures, um, but they did not get played with a lot because they were not to scale with Barbie. So he did not get to play with Barbie very much. And I didn't play with him very often either. I think he probably just sat on a shelf and collected dust. <laughs> you know, you, you have to remember, have like, that's my dad. But, um, yeah, I still have one. I actually still have a G- the mail-away G.I. Joe still in a plastic with the, um, with the baton. Do you know how much that stick. is worth? Do you know how much that is worth? <laughs> I do. I keep it under lock and key. <laughs> All right. Well, if, if if I can ever come over and visit, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, we have Kelly Slaughter as our guest here. We have uh, we have 13 minutes here. Now you mentioned that you're a mom. How many do you have? If you would be willing to tell us. I have two. I have um, a boy and a girl. I have. He's almost 11, and then um, our daughter is four. Now, do they know what Grandpa did? Yes, they do. My youngest, she doesn't really understand, but, you know, she'll see pictures of him and say, that's Grandpa. I'll be like, yeah, that's Grandpa. <laughs> um, my son knows and understands, but he's we, we don't watch wrestling, so he doesn't watch wrestling, so he's not really into it. Um, they definitely think it's cool. Um, and I have, you know, my son has gone to some appearances with my dad before and, um, thinks everything is really cool, but I don't know. It's kind of like me when I was little. It's like you really don't grasp the magnitude of what's going on until you get a little older. Um, you know, I didn't like really when, like when you have to pay for college. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but I remember, you know, my. It's it just it. I didn't. You know, like I said, that was just like what he did for a living. Like it wasn't really that big of a deal. And then when I got older and, um, you know, DX was popular and he was the commissioner, my sister and I were watching and we both were like, oh, my God, like what's going on? Like our hearts were pounding and we were like breaking out into a sweat watching our dad on TV. And it was like it took a little while for us to be a little older to really grasp, like, you know, our dad's on TV, <laughs> you know. So let me ask you this. When uh, your dad was having a feud with a guy that we don't like here, Triple H, and uh, he was getting beat up by China, did you uh, ever want to go backstage and have a few words with those two? Um, Well, I was older, so I understood, and I was smart to the business at that time. Um, But when I was younger and he was wrestling with the Iron Sheik, Um, We did go to one of his matches, and the Iron Sheik brought a weapon out, and my sister and I were, you know, very upset, thinking that we're about to watch our dad get murdered by this man with a strange (laughs) mustache. And, um, you know, seeing him, there was a brunch the next day, and Iron Sheik was there, and he, you know, came to say hello to us, and I, like, ran away because I was scared of him. Um, But when he was wrestling with um, China and... Triple H, I was older, so I was smart to the business, and, you know, it was okay. But I will say, you know, people used to say that China was my dad's daughter because she looked so much like my dad. 
Um, and so when my dad introduced my sister and I to China, he said, you know, come here, I want you to meet someone. And he brings her over and he's like, China, this is, you know, my daughter is Kelly and Nicole. Kelly and Nicole, this is your long lost sister, China. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So uh, we Kelly's, had a good little laugh. Uh, Kelly's father is our guest here. we got about nine minutes left. So we can do this. If our fans want to check you out and follow you, got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? <laughs> That's right. I do have a YouTube channel. It's Slaughter Daughter. And I basically put shows of with me and my dad. I basically interview my dad, or I should say I let him tell his stories, and then I just kind of ask questions. And um, there are a couple episodes on there where I talk about the different um, obstacle course races that I do. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook at Kelly Slaughter. I also have a, a Slaughter Daughter page on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Slaughter Daughter Official. Um, and I am on Twitter um, at SGT underscore daughter. And I hope you don't take this away. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've seen some of those videos. I've seen your workout videos, and you have the huge, just huge arms and muscles. It's just like, wow, you can definitely tell that you're the daughter of a wrestler with your build. Yes, I do have a athletic build for sure. I, um, so I got to ask sent you. A picture. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I sent a picture of my dad of myself to my dad, and I was doing a um, a Deca um, strong, which is part of Spartan. And I said, Dad, look at those arms. And he said, Those aren't arms, Kelly. Those are guns. <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> so let me ask you this: How many times did you have uh, as a kid? did you get to have different wrestlers over just kind of like hanging out and you're like, wow, uh, there's the Iron Sheik and there's Colonel Mustafa and there's Vince McMahon and there's, you know, did you get uh, to hang out with a lot of wrestlers that would come over to the house on weekends? The most common wrestlers that my dad would bring around his family, because there weren't very many that he would bring around us, uh, was Roddy Piper, um, oh, Uncle you Roddy. Oh, you Wow. Yeah. And then um, Don Cronodal, who I knew as my Uncle Don. And, um, you know, God rest his soul. He passed away a couple years ago. Um, and so did Roddy. But, yeah, they those were really the two main, main wrestlers that were around us the most. Well, I'll I tell did, you what, Roddy, Roddy Piper is definitely my hero as well. Yes. Roddy was um, definitely a character, one of a kind, and always had a good time with Roddy. And um, we went to, my dad took my sister and I to Hawaii, and we spent a lot of time with General Adnan, actually, um, while we were in Hawaii and took a tour of the island with him. And um, he was a really nice, um, nice guy. That's awesome. We and then, uh, go ahead, sir. Yes. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. And then um, Iron Sheik, they lived, um, when they were first, both first starting out, they lived in the same apartment complex, and this was before I was born. But he would uh, read uh, stories to my sister when my sister was little. Um, and then, of course, you know, things changed, different territories, and we moved away. But they did remain good friends. Um, but I didn't really see him that much unless we were at an event. And most of the other wrestlers that I did meet and, and speak to 
um, we're mostly at wrestling events. That is really awesome. Kelly Slaughter is our guest here. We've got about five minutes left. I wish for five more years. But for those of you who listen to our, our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, like that, go to 89.1 Kent FM, like that, do a $10 a month donation, Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. Now, I don't know if you have uh, autograph photos or anything that you can send us, but would you be willing to send us a few? So I don't have any headshots to send to you, but I can get some. I can send you some of my dad. I I would definitely definitely be it. Well, I'm 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 in your debt for life now. But yeah, if you could do that, I would definitely uh, appreciate that. And I will send you the address uh, on Facebook Messenger, and I would definitely appreciate that. Now there is one thing. There is one thing I was going to share with you, and I want to see if you echo this as well. You know, one of the sayings that I always heard is most people never get to meet their hero, but I was raised by mine. Hmm. Do you agree? Yes, 100%. And my father's my hero. I'm going to, I'm going to choke up here, so I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to do that. But, you know, you to be able to be raised by a wrestling legend and do you, do you still get to go to all the events and everything or have you not really been to any? Um, if, if I wanted to go to some, you know, I would reach out to my dad and he'd reach out and be able to get me tickets, but I'm really not, um, I'm not a big wrestling fan. So, uh, nothing wrong with wrestling. You know, obviously it put food on the table for us, but, um, you know, it was my dad's work, so I just wasn't interested in it. And uh, I remember trying to watch it sometimes, and he would come in and go, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm watching wrestling. I want to see you. And he'd be like, well, I'm not on that show. <laughs> so then I would turn it off. Um, well, But, yeah, if I wanted to go to something, I, I could go. Well, I'm sure not only did it uh, not only put food on the table, but I bet you'd put a car in your driveway when you were 16 and it puts mm-hmm. you through college, and it puts your your kids through college, more than just the you know just a uh, Thanksgiving dinner, I would guess. Correct? Right. Yes. <laughs> you definitely uh, got the benefits of him being a wrestler and the caliber of wrestler that he was and is. So, if if you had to pick a favorite thing about having a legend for a father, what would it be? The first thing that comes to my mind is we got some really good perks um, in many aspects, but going to Disney World and recognize people recognizing him or uh, we went for Goofy Games one time. He was a contestant on Goofy Games, and we got a lot of perks. And um, I would definitely say it ruined Disney for me because then when I had to go on my own dime, I was like, man, I think they're expensive here. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, just the perks and, um, the things that I don't like about him being a wrestler was that he was gone so much. I mean, my mom was pretty much a single mom he was literally gone 300 days of the year. And when he was home, it was like a big special event, you know, it was almost like a holiday. Daddy's home and we would have a huge dinner and it was like a big celebration. I'm, I'm kind of so curious. That was did hard. you ever bring... Did you ever bring your dad to show and tell? 
<laughs> I actually did bring his action figure, his G.I. Joe, to show and tell one time. And I said, I held him up. I was in first grade. And I held him up and I said, this is my dad. I was at a new school. We had just moved to Connecticut. And um, show and tell, I was so excited. I couldn't wait. And the kids just had these blank stares on their faces. And then one kid, it definitely humbled me. And uh, one kid was like, so your dad's plastic? That cuts deep, doesn't it? But anyway, yeah. we have Kelly Slaughter's our guest here. We got uh, two minutes here left with Kelly, and you have been so awesome, Kelly. I, I just can't tell you how awesome it is to have you with us, and I appreciate you sending the information on how we can uh, eventually book your father because I do want that apology for him calling me names when I was uh, when I was uh, <laughs> fourteen. I, I it broke me down to. Uh, you know, it broke me, but I'm over it now because I know that he he actually raised two good kids. So there you go. But anyway, yeah. So we we only got just a few seconds left here, and then our our next guest is going to call in. But if you were to give somebody some advice on having a famous father, what would it be? Don't listen to what people say about your parent, your famous parent, because only you know what they're like at home. Nobody else knows what they're like at home. Only you do. Awesome. So don't listen to what other people say. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you, Kelly. You are so awesome. Thank and you, hopefully, Kelly. if we if we didn't scare you way too much, we'd be willing to have you join us again. All right. I'd love it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Kelly Slaughter, ladies and gentlemen, that was such an awesome interview. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded by that. It looks like our next guest is waiting the wings. We need to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages, and we'll have our next guest. So stick with us. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange. It's an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And it is a great place to stay. I recommend it. I used to work there. Great place, great atmosphere, great people working there. If you want a comfortable night's sleep that's just like going home, Woodspring Suites of Fargo is a place to stay. Right now, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, he's going to tell us all about films and what it's like being him. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you without further ado, he is Tommy Kovac. Hey, dudes. How you doing, Scott? <laughs> Good. Well, I, well I, this is Icon. I don't know who the Scott guy is you're talking about, but, yeah. So how you doing, man? I'm oh, sorry, Icon. Sorry. You, you remind me of a guy named Scott. I am doing fantastic. How is everyone out there doing? I'm not too bad. Awesome. Awesome. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Awesome. So here's what we're going to do. If you give us a little background about yourself, and then I will uh, 
Uh, then we'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back, and I'll ask you a couple of questions. But give us a little background. Well, I am uh, born and raised in the Bay Area, San Mateo, California, which is like small town San Francisco. And I grew up loving the movies, loving rock music, television, you name it. I've been a pop culture nerd my entire life. And uh, I actually wanted to be the biggest comedy star in the world when I was a kid. I used to... uh, do imaginary Saturday Night Live sketches and imitate my favorite stand-up comedians uh, when I was a kid and perform that way. And uh, unfortunately, life got in the way. A lot of craziness happened in my life. Um, I got into a car crash about eight years ago, spent uh, 30 days in a coma, woke up, had a new perspective on life. And two years later, I started Splat from the Past, my, my podcast on YouTube that I've had for six years now. That's awesome. So now with with your podcast, I'm sure you have a lot of uh, interesting guests, kind of like what we do, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it started out as a horror and sci-fi only podcast, but then it evolved uh, because, unfortunately, a lot of people in the horror world are not, you know, they're they're very suspicious and they're not hip to you know my kind of down to earthness you know so I kind of uh, shifted away from that and went to like you know old Hollywood people cult movie people um, rock musicians television people you know just I like to have good conversations with people that I just truly admire since I was a kid you know I'm always getting people on my bucket list and just having a good time with them. And if I'm not mistaken, you you know some of the guys from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, don't you? Oh, yeah. I've talked to so many from the franchise, everyone from Jennifer Rubin to Ken Sagos to Tuesday Night, uh, Brooke Thies, uh, Beatrice Bopley, who's a good friend of mine, um, Ronnie Blakely, who's one of my favorite interviews of all time, and a lot of people like that. Now, you know Robert England, too, don't you? I met Robert uh, five years ago at a Comic-Con in Sacramento, and he was great. He's a guy, he'll give you 15 minutes of his time if there's like a, a three-hour waiting line. <laughs> he's, he's that kind of a guy. He's very generous with his time. And, yeah, I took a great picture with him, and, you know, it's on my it's, it's my logo, so to speak, for my podcast, and I, I, I use it everywhere uh, pertaining to my podcast because I love that picture. That is awesome, and I, 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 do, I do love uh, all the, the different pictures that you posted. So here's what we're going to do here. Uh, let's do a little roundtable here, and then we'll come back to me and ask you the tougher stuff. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. We have uh, Mr. Kovac, and we have 25 minutes. Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks. Who has been the most interesting person that you've had an interview with over the years? Uh, That is so hard to say because I've been so lucky interviewing a lot of interesting people. I mean, I I can give you some examples of people I interviewed where the interview stayed with me for 24 hours because I felt like, I had I felt like I played psychiatrist to them and they opened up to me in ways that they had never done before. Um, there was a cult movie uh, back in the 80s. You probably remember it. It was called uh, They Call Me Bruce. Well, there mm-hmm. was a. There was a sequel a couple years later called They Still Call Me Bruce, and uh, the girl who played uh, Bruce's love interest in that, Bethany Wright, I had her on the show twice, but the first time I talked to her, 
we talked for two hours approximately, and she really opened up to me in that interview. We talked like 52 minutes about uh, They Still Call Me Bruce. I mean, she told me all the darkness that went on during filming, all the good stuff. I told her what I know about that movie, what I love about it, etc. And that interview stayed with me for like days because that was the first one I did in three years where just like the guest opened up to me and I just felt like I had reached new heights as an interviewer. I think that would be the closest to an answer that I have because I've interviewed so many interesting people. It's really hard to pinpoint. I'm sure you have. Who's the most interesting? That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. We have uh, Tommy Kovacs here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have, well, we have about 24 minutes here with our man here. So now, before we go to Matthias, I'm just kind of curious. You know, you go to, you, I'm sure that you're pretty well known and you like going to Comic-Cons, correct? I would say I'm pretty well known, but yes, I do go to conventions all the time. And what was the most awkward event that you ever been to? The most, you mean the most awkward, like celebrity meeting? Well, well, yeah, or like just like just like weirdest Comic Con that you were at. Like, did you like go to one where you could get slime by Slimer or dress up like a Ghostbuster, that kind of stuff? No, no, nothing like that. I just been to different cons where you know there's some cool stuff. Like I remember the first Comic Con I ever went to, they had like a replica of the uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future, and like a lot of the cast members from Back to the Future were there that weekend. And um, there was, like, they had a thing where you could, like, you know, get inside the DeLorean and take a picture that way. I regret not doing it. I wish I could have. It was my first uh, convention, and just, like, I was too busy taking in everything I saw because that was the day where I was, like, you know, I, I, I belong when, when I when I come to these conventions, because everyone's a nerd like me, and I can have something to relate to, you know, and um, that 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 particular convention is is, is a good example of, of that. Um, I haven't really been to like anything weird or awkward in terms of what was there, but I've had you know awkward exchanges with celebrities at conventions. That is cool. We need to take a quick little timeout, and we'll be back after these. Uh, after this little uh, spot, and we'll be right back after this. Just give us a few seconds. Okay. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back with uh, Tommy Kovac. Now, I want to introduce you to the modern nightmare, Matthias. Now, you guys kind of are from the same cloth, basically. You guys like the same kind of stuff, all the all the cool movies and all that stuff. So, Matthias, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic Champion. Matthias here, welcome on to my part of the program. My main question for you would be, since uh, you claim to be a movie nerd and stuff like that, what would you Uh, say is one of your favorite uh, genres of film? um, I mean, I love all genres, but, like, horror and comedy are, like, my two absolute favorites. 
And if you were to say, since you said horror, what is your favorite subgenre? Are you a slasher fan? Are you a paranormal fan? What kind of films are you into in the horror generation? Slasher fan all the way. I have a very dark, morbid sense of humor, and it, it takes a lot to gross me out or offend me, so I love, like, slasher films. <laughs> all right, Icon. Well, I'm taking over the rest of this program, so i got some questions to ask this man. Uh, so your first, Just keep it PG, boy. So the first, uh, first question I have for you would be, what is one of your favorite? Uh, what is one of your favorite series in the slasher, the slasher genre? Uh, since I was eight years old, I have always loved the uh, Jason Voorhees Friday the Thirteenth movies. I think that they are fantastic. They were this, you know, Halloween ripoff that just took on a life of its own and kept going and became a pretty good series. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorites growing up, uh, just because it was one of the very first horror films I ever saw, next to, of course, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, was Scream, and that was uh, oh. that was one of my that was one of my favorites, absolutely. Because I remember I picked it up from the movie store when I was a really young age, and I kind of didn't know really what was going on, but I was so intrigued about the film, and I've been following it ever since. But now, is there any series of film, whether it be Nightmare on Elm Street? or Halloween, or Friday the 13th, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or, where, or, or Texas Chainsaw, or Chucky, or Scream, is there any one of those series of movies that you think should have already quit while it was ahead? Or, is there, or have you been very accepting of all these uh, other movies that have been coming out in this name? I've been very accepting of the sequels in the past. I, I do think that it's gotten to the point now where we need to create new horror villains because I think that um, all the series have, have, have taken as far as they've gone, you know, and it's become just, you know, a money-making racket. I think that we have enough of the old uh, movies. I think we, we need to move forward with new horror villains, but for some strange reason, nobody wants yeah. to make this kind of movies anymore. It's really It's really weird. Well, it's just like you said, it's a cash grab. People people just want to create because they know that people, the fans of the old films, like let's say for a new Halloween film, of course everybody's going to go to that if they've been a fan of the old films because it's a Halloween movie, for Christ's sake. Hey, like, sorry, like, um, like for what do we got, um, like Scream, the new Scream coming out. It's looking brand new. And um, like the fifth one, of course, I went to this new one I'm going to go to, Friday the 13th was new back in 2009. I liked that one. That was decent. The 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street, the new Freddy Krueger, I couldn't stand. Like, I didn't like that one because, of course, Robert England was not Freddy Krueger. Uh, right. Chucky, Chucky, for me, has been okay, I suppose. I haven't really, you know, been focusing on that one. The 2019 remake, to me, was also just a cash grab. But one... Yeah. But there's one film I cannot stand right now that, that came out, like, was The Halloween Ends. I, in my opinion, I, it just, I didn't like it. I mean, yeah. they have the, the new person coming in as this Michael replacement. Michael's old. He's, he's defeated. He's ragged, whatever. And I was expecting this huge battle between him and Lori at the end, and you didn't get much. And it was just a bad payoff, and it just... It didn't really work out for me. And like they said, there's some series that are worth it, and then there's some series that just need to die off and just, like you said, create new stuff. 
But now I got to ask, is there a specific moment in a film, whether it be a kill, whether it be a jump scare, whatever the case may be, that you can watch even to this day that will still get to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, when, when, when young Jason grabs Adrian King at the end of the first Friday the 13th, it does, it does jump it, it it does jump at me every time I see it, and it, it holds up. You know, I mean, you look at it now in hindsight, and you think, oh, anyone can do that in a movie. No, they were the first one to do something like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of imitators that I'm not I'm blanking on at the moment, but that that moment always gets me, always. The one thing that I always tell people, like when I talk to them about the horror genre, one of the things that always gets to me is from the original Hatchet film, the second kill because when um when he when he sticks his hands in the mouth of that lady and then i just watch like you can watch it and the cheeks slowly rip apart like and the head gets ripped in half i'm like i it's like it doesn't even like scare me like there's not a horror film that could still scare me but just watching the you know the prosthetics and stuff it's just it, I always cringe because I feel like my cheeks rip because I like if you sneeze too hard or you yawn too hard and you and your jaw locks up. It's kind of like that except it just keeps going back and it's just it always makes me cringe. Yeah, I mean those those old horror films. I mean they had a lot of moments like that and just uh, today's horror films they just. The, the attention span is so short. There's just too much of a slow burn. Everything's fast-paced, but all the action is like a slow burn now. I just I can't get into horror films nowadays. Absolutely, like, and I completely <laughs> agree with you. But there, but there is one film that I found that was kind of interesting, just of how like the actor portrayed this character. But I don't know if you have you seen the movie Megan. No. Okay, it's it's about the like I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it. That one was. A little interesting, but people like to compare it to Chucky because, you know, it's a killer doll animatronic situation. But the way the actor portrayed Megan, like how she was able to pull off all that robotic stuff was actually pretty interesting. Other than that, I really couldn't follow it. But is there a horror film, like, uh, for instance, the new Scream's coming out next month. They've got a new Saw film coming out this year. Is there one of another sequel of these previous series we've mentioned that you're looking forward to seeing, or are you just going to go see it because, of course, you're a fan of all of them? Not really. I, I, I'm just I'm not a huge fan of today's newer horror films. Every time I see one, it's just one stew's fest after another, to be honest with you. The last time I saw a newer <laughs> horror film that I really, really liked was uh, back in 2016. There was this movie, uh, Beyond the Gates, that Jackson Stewart uh, wrote and directed. And uh, I had him on my show. He's great. He needs to make more horror movies because he's very talented. That's the last time I saw a horror movie I I truly liked uh, of the newer kind. But I don't know. I just just hope that there's a turnaround for horror in the future and it goes back to the way it used to be because this is just a really strange era for it, I feel. And I and I always like to compare it to to wrestling, and I know it's kind of a weird comparison, but everybody likes yeah. to ask me why, and it's because back back when you watched wrestling, you know, you had The Rock, you had Stone Cold, you had Shawn Michaels, you had Degeneration X, you had the Attitude Era. That's what yeah. it's like. You can you can go back to the '80s when there was Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Sergeant Slaughter, all those guys. I would much rather watch the older product than I would the newer product today. So it's like the yeah. old, I would rather watch the old slasher films 
the olden times at any time rather than the new ones. But like I said, of course I'm going to go see the new Scream or the new Halloween or the new Saw or whatever just because it's a part of it because I can say, hey, I've seen it. And it may shock me, but there are some, like I said, the, the 2022 Scream, in my opinion, I, I, I liked it relatively, but the, the killers were easy to predict. So I'm actually kind of intrigued to see how they're going to take it with um, mm. Deputy Dewey gone now and Gale's going to be the only – um, legacy character in that film. I'm kind of excited as to where they'll take that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly interested in seeing the newer Scream movies. Uh, we shall see, you know. Um, my friend uh, Nancy Ann Ritter, she was the dark-haired girl in the bathroom in the original She's been on Scream show, yep. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to be asked to be in, you know, in, in the next sequel because she's starting to do a lot of conventions now. So we shall see. But, you know, I'd be interested in giving the newer Scream a chance, you know, because it's classic. Absolutely. And then uh, my last question, I suppose, because I know Icon's going to want to ask you a few more. Is there mm-hmm. a character from, like, the horror films, like, for instance, we got to talk to Nancy and Ritter on this show we got to talk to Michael Myers' sister on the show from the 1978 film. We got to talk to a few people from the horror genre that I've been able to cross off my bucket list of being able to talk to. Is there anyone on your bucket list that you'd still like to talk to that you haven't gotten an opportunity to yet? Uh, I'm sure there is, but it, it escapes me right now. But I, I've I've talked to a lot of great uh, horror icons and people and stuff. I think maybe uh, the closest that I would say right now is Nancy Allen, and I tried to get her on here through a couple of mutual friends last year, and for some reason she she passed, and I don't know why she wants she didn't want to come on. But yeah, like I'd like to talk to Nancy Allen. I love Carrie. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Okay. We have Tommy Kovacs, our guest here, on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have, well, we have a few minutes here left with our buddy here. So now, you know, you mentioned that you, you go to all these different comic cons and this and that. Is there yeah. one that you're, like, really excited to go to, and then it just lets you down? Um, the last couple of years leading up to COVID, like, I would go to Monster Palooza in L.A. every year, twice a year, and it was always a blast, but... I don't know, the, the last time I went, which was September 2019, I don't know, it just, it, it was fun, but it wasn't super fun, and they had to, like, uh, make some new spaces for um, for more vendors and more people, and I mean, that venue, the the Marriott Hotel there, is just jam-packed anyway. They, sh- they should really find another venue in uh, Burbank to go to other than that. Um, you know, I, I used to go, there's this one con I go to in Sacramento called Sister Creature Con, and I, I liked it the first couple of years, and now that one's getting too big. I mean, lines are starting to get, you know, out the door now. That's the closest I come to being disappointed, but I like those cons a lot, and I support them, you know, when I go and I promote, you know, their stuff on social media whenever I see somebody that I, I, I know there or I like that's going to be there, you know. But that's the closest I get to disappointment, you know. Um, I think the closest I get to a true disappointment is that none of them have called me to, like, host panels for them. But other than that, no, I like them. Uh, Tommy Kovac is our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. we got nine minutes left here with uh, Tommy. 
Well, you know, you mentioned that they've never asked you to be on a panel. Do you ever think of starting your own? I, I, I've, I've considered it. I've been, it's been pitched to me by a lot of people, and I'm like, oh, can you give me some money that I can, you know, go forth with this project? Because, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of money to, like, you know, get the, get the uh, rights to the film to be shown and then get the talent there and rent the theater and all of that stuff. I, I would do that if, you know, somebody would, would lend me a hand out there, but, you no, know, I haven't uh, gone forth with it, although I, I came very close just before the pandemic hit, very close. Um, I was going to do a screening for a movie. I'm not going to say which one. And before I could get everything in order with the money and everything, the pandemic hit, and then that got all scrapped. And uh, I've taken a tumble financially during the pandemic, so I, I don't know if, if that could be, even be possible. Well, you know, aside from the money, what else do you think it would take to get one started? That's all I can think of, you know. Um, maybe... I don't know, maybe some cooperation with key people that I'd really, really want to uh, be there, possibly. But other than that, I can just think it's all about the money. You know, what's interesting is, Matthias and myself, we are going to be in a horror film called The Legacy, The Possession, directed by Rod Smith. They're going to start filming it here in May. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can get you to come out and be part of that. Where, where, Where do you guys live at? Fargo, North Dakota. That's oh, okay. where they're film at. Yep. Uh, we both have we both have our characters, and of course, mm-hmm. the Legacy Part Three is already out. You can watch it on uh, any streaming service, basically. And he was uh, Rod Smith was a guest on our show. Uh, let's see, about what, five months ago or so, and we'd ask him about. Well, I did mm-hmm. about maybe being a part of his movie, and he's going to put both Matthias and myself in it. What advice do you have for us? I, I guess, you know, go for it. You know, if you got offered uh, to do it, go for it. You know, I mean, you guys have obviously have the accessibility to do it, you know, since it's going to be filmed in your town. What, uh, well, let's talk about your podcast. Now, you said you've been doing it for how long? Six years. It'll be six years in May. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be having our seventh anniversary the 1st of April. Congrats. When you first, yeah, when you guys first, when you first started yours, what was your ultimate goal? Was it to like go to different comic cons and do your show live, or uh, meet a whole bunch of celebrities? What was your aspect and outlook I, when you started it? So I started going to cons a year before. Um, you know, again, going back to my accident and my coma, you know, I just realized life is short and I'm going to go do things that I had never done before. And going to conventions was one of them because when I was growing up, the, the only convention we had was um, weekend weekend of horrors, you know, uh, that would come once a year to the Bay Area. But um, so I uh, so I started the podcast. It was kind of a vanity project at that time. I just wanted to get seen, you know, because I was presenting myself on camera at first, and then the interview was audio only. But then I got tired of dressing up and showing myself on camera, so I stopped doing that. But then once the pandemic hit, it, it, it evolved into just like a much different thing, and I started getting 
bigger names and learning about the business in ways that I had never done before. And then it changed from a vanity project to just, you know, I love having these conversations publicly with these amazing people I grew up watching, you know. I mean, it's always been the same. I've always wanted to talk to my idols and relate to them and talk about their careers and preserve oral history for film, television, and music. But it, it just has a different meaning to me now than it did when I first started. It's not all about me anymore, you know. Is there anybody that you met that you were shocked that uh, you thought they were going to be like this and they actually were the complete opposite? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've all uh, been through that. I mean, oh, my God, there was a lot of people – uh, the, the, the great songwriter Billy Steinberg. You know, when I was a when I was a kid, I used to see him interviewed on MTV. He was always very charming, gregarious, had a great sense of humor. But when I talked to him, he was very aloof and just I don't know if, if bitter is the right word, but he was just very low key and just not fun. You know, uh, he's a good example. Um, I've had a lot of people who gave me short answers, or a lot of people who are very bitter and cremungeon like and stuff. Um, you know, there's too, there's too many examples. We well, we had an experience on that. Uh, me and well, not so much Grant. He loved Granny, and uh, Matthias wasn't here for it. But uh, Booker T's brother kind of threw me for the loop, and he wasn't a very nice guy either. Really, Booker T's yeah. brother, huh? Yeah, he was uh, he was kind of a meanie, but he sure loved Granny. But he sure gave me the business. I couldn't believe that, you know. It was weird. Oh yeah, there's guys out there like that. They'll they'll be a jerk to the guys, but then they'll be nice to the girls. You know, that's there's a lot of guys out there that I've uh, I've I've uh, found out about. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, with that being said, there's one other question I was going to ask you. What do you think of fan made films? Fan made films, I don't like them. <laughs> I just think. That is just a waste of time that, you know, people should go make something original, you know, maybe do the plot of what their fan film would be and make it their own with their own original characters. You know, it's just, it's a slippery slope, you know, because when you make a fan film, there's a lot of headache over copyright issues and getting permission for stuff. And, you know, I mean, my hat's off, off to them. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do something like that. But just for me personally, you know, I think you should, you know, make something original, you know. I mean, I, I did see that one uh, fan film of, of Friday the 13th uh, not too long ago uh, that Lar Park Lincoln was in. Lars, a friend of mine. And I like that. That was that was decent, you know. But in general, I just think that, that fan films have become just, you know, too much. That's awesome. Well, we have our man here, and, of course, we only got uh, just, well, we got about, 60 seconds here left with our buddy here. So if our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Um, let's see. I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the podcast is on YouTube. And uh, that's about it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, we've been I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. We finally got it done. I do appreciate you being on with us tonight. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. You guys are a lot of fun, and I like what you do, you know. And uh, Greg uh, Gilbert, our mutual friend, highly recommended you guys. So thank you for inviting me. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, Mr. Kovacs, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like I say, I love the guy. I wish we had more time with him, but our, our next guest is about to call in, and uh, we will uh, 
uh, talk to Tommy Kovacs again. We'll, that, we'll maybe have him on as a co-host one of these times. But anyway, <laughs> what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and then we'll be back after these messages, and then we're going to try and get our next guest on. So stick with us, and we'll be right back after these messages. Tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. and join me, Jolt Mary Knight, as my music from outer space gets intercepted by your eardrums. We've got rock. We've got electronic. We've got old novelty records. We've got pizza. Okay, that technology is still being worked on, so until we can perfect the transmission of a pizza directly to your mouth, for now we can have an hour-long buffet of rock and roll every Friday night. That's Rock and Roll Space Station, Fridays at 8 p.m., right here on the best station in all the galaxy, and Fargo, of course, Ken's FM. And that is a highly recommended show. I listen to that as well. It's it's fun. And I'll tell you what, if they ever find a way to to tra- uh, to deliver pizza through the radio, I'd be all for that. So hey guys, what's uh, what's uh, we're waiting for our guest here. What's uh, what else is new with you guys? What have you been keeping up uh, uh, with? Uh, what uh, well, let's start with Granny. What's your schedule like in the the this coming week and weekend? Well, I've just. Well, this Saturday is my wonderful husband David's birthday, so happy birthday to David on Saturday. I'm not sure we're yeah. work, what we're going to be doing yet, but um, I've just but I've had a lot going are you on. Cookies? I've been busy with a lot of stuff, personal stuff, and I had to do a phone call last week with some people that I wasn't too happy about the situation that's going on right now and um, I'm happy to deal with some things and I'm just not sure how that situation needs to be handled at this time so but but the good the good news is and I don't know if you saw this or Matthias has seen this but you know we lost our Sweet for baby Maggie, Christmas Eve morning. She was 16 years old. I saw that, yeah. We know that. And um, our dog Rex, he'd been getting kind of lonely. So we actually adopted a new fur baby over the weekend. Her name is Selma. She is a mountain cur, border collie mix. I think she's got some pit bull in her too. But she's nine months old. She's brindle. She's very pretty. And she is such a sweetheart. And when we took Rex up to the animal shelter Saturday for him to meet her, we took him outside to play, and she comes running up to him, and she takes her paw, and she kind of touches her paw on his side and barks at him like, hey, come play with me. The second dog, he did not like at all. So when they brought Selma back out a second time, he kind of started warming up to her. So Rex has a new playmate. That's awesome. Hey, Matthias, so I know you got a full uh, calendar coming up. What, what's on your horizon? <clears throat> well, my next big show, again, will be yeah, on March 4th for Below Zero Wrestling, and that will be in Bismarck, North Dakota, where the Slyze guys will be in a tag team match against Mason Mayhem and Jackson Steele, I believe is his name. And then the next big shows are basically all Wisconsin. So March 11th will be Wisconsin. March 25th will be Wisconsin. April 8th will be in Dickinson. April 15th, Wisconsin. April 20th and 22nd and 28th, Wisconsin. Um, April 2023, we'll be starting a new promotion coming up here in Fargo. Uh, I will be in the inaugural heavyweight title shot for that company. And then we have May 6th, we'll be in Montana. 
May 20th will be Wisconsin. May 21st will be Fargo. And then July 29th will be Wisconsin. So I've got a lot of open bookings, but I've also got a lot of busy bookings. So that's basically my horizon for the next few months. Wow, that is cool. And as you know, we do have our – we are going to be starting to film in May, and we have a big meeting with our director uh, this Friday. What is the thing that you're most looking forward to with this experience? Well, like I said, as I've said uh, every week so far, you know, you take the opportunity as it comes to you. I mean, getting to be on my first ever set, um, getting to be on my first set. Well, I mean, I've been on set before for a lot of things, but this will be my first video set, movie set that I'll be acting in and that kind of thing. So it'll be quite a new experience that way. Uh, just getting to meet a bunch of new people and get a new experience in. It's like going to a new wrestling show for a new promotion at a new venue. You meet a lot of new people. You get to talk to a lot of new people. You get to learn from a lot of new people. So, yeah, just getting to uh, meet a bunch of new people, work with a bunch of new people, and then create uh, some movie magic. And have you been keeping an eye on and seeing who all is going to be in the movies with us? Yeah, every once in a while. I'm trying to keep off of uh, – I've been keeping off of social media for a while now. I've just been – when I try to – when I get off work, I try to stay off my phone as much as possible so I don't feel distracted by technology and I want to work my brain in other ways. But there are some days where I scroll through social media and I find out who's working with us. And it's like I said, it's a, it's a vast group of people, and I'm always excited to work with someone new who I've never met before. So. Well, let's uh, let's go through some of the people that's going to be in here with us. We got uh, Icon, that's me. We have Natasha Ortega as Mura. We have Mr. Matthias as Chatton. We have Marina Courtney as Corina. We have Michael Wainwright as Vincent. And we have, I do believe. Tatiana Lara, and she is playing Rika, and she was also in the third one, and she's going to be in the other two. Here's one I'm looking uh, most forward to, and you mentioned that you didn't see this on social media, but you know who was just announced and said that she would be uh, willing to be in the, the film? Who? Donnelly Heising. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this production. I, I cannot – the one I'm really looking forward to meeting is uh, Michael Wainwright. The guy is, like, really, really tall. Yeah, well, like, like in, and we've always – like, every one of our guests have said, like, you know, you can't really approach them immediately. That's one thing is, like, we we just need to go there and do what we're supposed to do. And then if we get an opportunity to talk to them, then so be it. Like, I'm not going to – run up to him and go, hey, I'm a big fan of yours or whatever. It's, it's just like with wrestling. When when I worked with Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett or I worked with Paul Heyman or I worked with uh, Ricky Morton or I worked with whoever, like the uh, Fandango or Kalisto or whoever it may be that I've been working with in the past, I've never uh, ran up to him and tried to talk to him. You know, if I were to catch up with him somehow and get a word in, I'd say, like, hey, how's it going, whatever. But I wouldn't, like, sit down and have a full-budget conversation with them unless they were completely free to do it because I wouldn't want to try to invade their privacy, invade their space. Like, I said two words to Fondango when he was in Fargo. 
I said, I, we had a quick conversation, and then I, he said, see you later. We high-fived, whatever, or we fist-bumped, and he left. I got to talk to Ricky for a little bit again and meeting him and Robert for the first time back in Michigan. I got to ref one of their matches, and I got to recap with him about that, and then I got to wrestle him, and then I met his son, Kerry, and then I got to talk to Kalisto for like five minutes. So I'm not going to try to run up to him and go, hey, I'm such a big fan of yours. Hey, how's it going? You know, you just got to let it come to you. Or you just gotta, you know, pick your right time so you're not invading on their their time. Here's what I'm gonna have you do for me, Matthias. You're gonna have to help me with this. If you see me doing that, you're gonna have to pull me back. Because okay. I don't know when I'm doing it. Well, it's just it's like it's like if you see somebody and you run up to them. That's the thing. It's like you you basically when like it's it's exactly when you're at a wrestling event. It's like when you're at a wrestling event. You just you go there and you're doing your own thing, and everybody is just one big happy family. So, like, when I'm a wrestler, and I'm in the locker room, and all of a sudden, here comes Fondango. And I'm like, whoa, there's Fondango, you know? But I don't go up and approach him immediately, because he's got, his, uh, he's got stuff on his mind that he needs to do first. And, and like I said, you, just can't, you can always be like, oh, my God, that's them. But you can't run up to him and go, hey, I'm such a big fan. I'm such a big fan. Hey, can I have your autograph? Can I talk to you? You just you just play it by ear. You just play it cool. Like I'm just gonna walk onto set and I'm gonna have my lines memorized and whoever I have to work with, I'll have a conversation with them. What we got to do, and then I go do it. And then if I'm out back and I'm eating something and they're sitting and catering with me or whatever, and I can go say, hey, how's it going? But I'm not gonna try to have a full blown conversation with them because again, we've all got we've all got our own duties that we need to do. And it's like when I'm at a wrestling show. I'm not going to sit there and bug the wrestlers because they've got a match to prepare for or they've got bookings or they're talking to the, the promoter or whatever the case may be. So it's just you got to do your own thing, and then when you get the opportunity, just pick the right time to do it. Not as soon as you, not as soon as you arrive, just you, you talk to the main person you need to talk to, you find your spot, and then you can talk to at the right time. With that being said, now both of you guys have – I, I, Gray, I think you got to dance with Fondango, didn't you? Yes, I did. What was that like? That was pretty cool. I mean, and not only did I get to dance with him after the sh- match was over, because he, he asked me to get in the ring with him, I actually got to do an interview with him. I actually got to interview him as part of That was why my friend Brandon Groom, that's his promotion, and he actually had me do an interview with Dirty Dango. I had a specific question I had to ask him and for the interview because he was part of this um, Lion of the Heart tournament, and then there was a specific question that I had to ask him. And I remember Dango, because we were doing the interview outside, and he starts walking up to me, and he's there in his shorts, and no T-shirt on. And he says, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be looking at you, Granny, or the camera. And he was doing this fancy little dance move. And I'm standing here going, oh, my. <laughs> you know. And um, I said, well, that was a very interesting interview. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I mean, it worked out really good. But um, I wasn't anticipating 
Dango to ask me to get in the ring with him and do the, you know, his old Fandango dance that he used to do, you know, to his music that he used to do when he was Fandango, you know, so. Now, Matthias, you didn't dance with him, did you? No, as a matter of fact, I uh, saw him walk into the locker room. I saw him talk to his opponents. I saw him go back into his private locker room. I got to go watch him compete. And then he went back downstairs, changed into his stuff, and then him, Carrie, and Ricky all and Kalisto all took off in the same vehicle heading back towards the airport. So, like I said, I didn't get much opportunity with him. Basically, they were all basically in and out. They weren't uh, there. They did meet and greets in the beginning, so once they're – once their work was over, they were they were out the door heading to their next uh, next event. You know, there's one thing I've never asked you. Like I, you know, I've we we've had many independent wrestlers on this show over the last seven years, and I've always asked them the same question. I'm gonna I've, I've never asked you this. If you have a chance to, if you ever have a chance to join AEW or WWE, would you do that? Absolutely, and and it was the uh, I was waiting for you to ask me this question, but like I've I've had people on other podcasts when I've been on theirs, they've asked me a question like, if you had the choice, would you rather go to WWE or AEW? And I always answer AEW for quite a few reasons, but uh, if I ever got the opportunity, well, the, here's the thing too, I rent I went to Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I wrestled with. Uh, James Ellsworth, and he told me that next time the WWE were holding tryouts near the Wisconsin area, I would uh, he would call me up and he would shoot me a message letting me know so I could go down there and get my tryout because I worked almost every match of that show. I went and did some back-and-forth stuff with all the – we only had five people working that show, so I had to work almost every match. And he said, well, since you helped me out, I'm going to help you out. And he wanted, and he's going to get me a dark match on a WWE tryout next time they're in the Wisconsin area. So I said, absolutely, that'd be killer. But honestly, if I had the opportunity, I'd work for AEW more because there you have more, you have more control over yourself. You're able to kind of do what you want to do. And of course, there's always the bigger names to work with, like. Like I said, like I always say, I don't, I'd like to work with a guy like Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega or Brian Danielson or John Moxley. Like I'm used to doing hardcore stuff, so I could work with John Moxley. I'm used to doing the small, the big small stuff, so I could wrestle with a guy like Brian Danielson or anybody smaller than me. Or if I needed to do something like that, I'm more than willing to work with a Chris Jericho or a Keith Lee or Big Bill or whatever the case may be. It would just be a great opportunity to go up to the bigger leagues whenever I get that opportunity. We hope that you do do that, and you got to remember though, when you if you do do that, that you help some of your friends like me and Granny get some tickets to see you. Where oh, when absolutely, you're big, when you're at the big venues. Well, absolutely, well, like that's I've the had, thing. Whenever <clears throat> I've had ahead, a Granny. lot of my independent wrestling friends that have had opportunities to wrestle on AEW Dark several times, a lot of wrestling independent friends that I know personally and, you know, they've had the opportunity to be a part of AEW Dark, which was pretty exciting for all of them. And, and uh, um, like I said, absolutely. And I, I would be more than willing, like, you know, when, when people help me out with a lot of things, I'm willing to scratch their back back. And if I had, and if uh, we were to come near Fargo or go to Minneapolis or whatever, I'd definitely let you guys know ahead of time so I could, uh, give you guys some tickets or I can get you on the show. It's like his, I always have my two merch girls, as I call them. They're my little crew 
they travel with me to every single booking I have. And then what they'll do is they'll help set up a little bit of the ring or they'll help set up the ring with all the boys. And then they would get free admission into the show where they would, you know, do my merch or one person would record or whatever the case may be. And they would just get in for free and they wouldn't have to pay the ticket prices, including for one of my friends' son. So he got, he would come to all three wrestling gigs and we'd all have a good time about it. And, and I'm just excited to continue wrestling. And the more bookings I get, I, I have never act, I have never turned down one single booking yet. Uh, just because I see it as a new opportunity. And if I go and experience the promoter and I say, eh, I don't want to work with them anymore, then I'll choose not to. But there has not been really a single person yet that I would say, eh, I don't want to work with them anymore because, you know, they presented me in a decent manner. So, Except Eric Bischoff. Well, Eric Bischoff. You know, he, he's a different uh, different cat because he invaded BZW, whereas I am one of the biggest uh, members of the Slies guys, and uh, we actually have a tag team title match coming up in, um, uh, in Montana, not Montana, in Fargo against NDS for the new uh, BZW World Tag Team Championships. And I guess, like I said, Eric Bischoff wanted to stick his old wrinkly nose in some place that didn't belong, and, of course, Eric Bischoff, that, that, that opening or that tag team challenge is still available. Me and uh, Sylvester J. Fox are more than willing to get in the ring with you and Mason Mayhem any point, any time, anywhere, at any BZW show. And I know Eric Bischoff wants to come back to BZW because I saw the smile on his crooked face when he walked out that door and he said he was coming back. So I vowed to him that I would get my hands on him after I beat Mason Mayhem in Bismarck on March 4th. Now, after I do that, then I'll get my hands on Eric. Speaking of AEW, we had a guest on last week. He's on our show on Monday. Then next thing you know, he appears on AEW on Tuesday. Mr. I told you so. Actually, I, I actually that. mentioned that. G- Gino was actually on the show before. He was, actually on the, um, last, he was actually on last weekend, I believe it was, because I had mentioned that uh, when we talked to him, um, I had mentioned that he had wrestled Big Bill, and we talked about his match. But, yeah, he uh, – Gino is one of the – and I and I say I'm one of the best heels. I am North Dakota's number one heel, but that man, he he can really rile up a crowd. If him and I did a tag team, we would be the absolute most hated tag team in all of wrestling because everybody hates Gino. Everybody hates his tactics. Everybody hates me just because they're jealous of me. Everybody hates him because he's smart. And when he, when he faced Kalisto for his AIWF Cruiserweight title and Kalisto hit his Salino Del Sol finisher move on, on um, Gino, Gino stuck his foot under the rope, and, of course, the blind zebra didn't see that. But when she got to, when she got to see the replay of the match, she realized that Gino had his foot under the rope, and she reversed her decision to give the title back to Gino, which was definitely the right choice. So once uh, Gino and I, if we can get ourselves down in the southwest region and we can become a tag team, there is no stopping the world's most hated tag team. Well, that that is cool, and I'm glad that everything is good. We need to take a quick little commercial break here, and we want to let everybody know how they can uh, help support the station and support our show. So we'll be back after these messages. Give us a few seconds. We'll be back. 
As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And speaking of Ken, I know he's here. He's our favorite guy. You know, Ken, i got to tell you, I love that shirt. I look like a lumberjack. That's why I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, Matthias, you think he'd be, make a good lumberjack uh, in the in the wrestling ring? Well, of course, you know, when you get that opportunity, like uh, Mac, he's a current lumberjack gimmick in his professional wrestling career. So, yeah, I can see it. Hey, Ken, but you I, don't look like a lumberjack. I don't look like one. You do. I do. All right. that's, what, that's what I can't say. Hey, Ken, we, we, we need to. We somebody need to told me I looked like Grizzly Adams at one time. I could see that. Could you see that? Oh, yeah, Grizzly Adams, definitely. It's a beauty for radio because you can make your people listen that are listening make you think that you look like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> I don't live in the mountains, though. I, I live out here in the prairie or maybe even flat. A, maybe a Grizzly Smith type character. Who a knows? Grizzly Smith, who's that? He's a wrestler. Oh, he's a wrestler? Yep. Okay, that's why I don't know. <laughs> I'm know. sorry. I'm, you know, I make no bones about the fact that I know nothing about wrestling. And uh, I appreciate you guys that do. Uh, it's a big thing, just like you probably have no real interest in, in uh, what radio was like uh, 40 <laughs> well, or 50 years ago. That's uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk about right now, and I'll, I'll explain that here in a second. Uh, our our third guest, Linda Gay, uh, Gay Scott, uh, had to she had to cancel. Okay, now for those of you who are were tuning in to listen to Linda. I'll, I'll let you know a little background because we're going to get her back on. But, uh, Ken, you might uh, remember Jan and Dean. Do you remember Jan and Dean? Absolutely. They had a bunch of hits back in the 60s about <clears throat> racing. And uh, it was either Jan or Dean, I think it was Jan, that uh, almost decapitated himself in a racing excursion with his Corvette. Yeah, There's, uh, Dead Man's Curb. That was what? Dead Man's Curb. Yep, it was about Dead Man's Curve. There is actually a Dead Man's Curve. It's out in Pasadena, Los Angeles, I guess. And uh, it's in town, and uh, it goes along. Uh, you can drag race on this particular strip. I forget what the name of the uh, actual street is. But uh, if you go far enough, there's a hell of a turn. And you don't come back from Dead Man's Curve. Like and the that's song become, says. Uh, that's become a big line because uh, it's impossible to take, uh, you know, when you've been cranking up uh, for that length of time over that those blocks. And apparently Jan's, uh, Jan's Mustang, <laughs> I used to drive a Mustang. It wasn't anything like that, though. But his Corvette uh, apparently was in pretty good shape. Yeah, it, and, was, uh, uh, it was Jan Berry that was in that accident. Jan right. Berry was the guy's name, yep. Well, Are they still around? No, well, let's see. Uh, that's what we were. Gonna, he didn't kill himself. No, that's what we were going to talk he screwed, about. He screwed himself up pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jan, Jan died uh, March 26, 2004. Oh, he did. Okay. And Dean is still around. Okay. The, the reason why I bring that up is Linda Gale Scott was on their first, their actually their second 
album cover, Surf City. And I was oh. gonna, we were going to talk to her about that. And uh, Linda Gale, she's been in shows like uh, My Living Doll, My Favorite Martian, Ben Casey, Gidget, The Donna Reed Show, The Man from Uncle, Batman. Uh, she was in Bewitched a lot, The Green Hornet, and I, I, the Lost in Space, Banana. I want to talk to her about all this, but she had she had a little illness, so. So she unfortunately was unable to join us, but we will get her rescheduled. But let's talk a little bit about, and I know, Granny, you can chime in here too, but so, boys, we got a big meeting uh, with our director on on uh, Friday. Now, Ken, would you be willing to uh, take a role in that movie if we can get you like a cameo? I don't care. I am uh, obviously a radio guy, and uh, I'm trying to get a set of headphones going here. So my apologies for that. Uh, bending around here, <laughs> making it sound like I'm probably sixty hundred feet of away with the microphones, but uh, uh, it's not being successful at all. So I'm only going to be able to hear you through my ears, there, sir. Okay. Um, but uh, um, you know, as far as uh, something like that goes, you know, I'm wide open to anything like that, uh, as with you guys. Uh, you know, any kind of... Uh, you could be like the Wolfman Jack character. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my voice will be in that kind of shape by then or not, but, um, but yeah, uh, Wolfman Jack was a, a big figure in my past, and uh, he was, uh, you know, a very noble creature that uh, existed on the airwaves and captured you simply by his voice. And we got uh, we got 17 minutes here before we sign off here for the week. You know, Ken, there, let's talk a little bit about your show. I mean, I, you know, you're probably thinking I'm just saying that cuz you, you know, you're you're my boss and everything, but no, I do I do love listening to your show, but you're kind of a night owl on the weekends. You don't like to sleep. Well, you hardly sleep anyway, but <laughs> tell us about your show and uh, when they can catch it and let's promote your show. Because you always, well, I've never once heard you talk about me on your show, but you're like, oh, i got to talk about that guy. But, no, tell us about your show. Uh, we'll promote you. Maybe you can promote us. Well, it's interesting because uh, uh, me and Scott, a.k.a. Icon, I've always known him as Scott, so that's where the confusion And, and some other things. <laughs> but I first met Scott, the icon. Uh, I think you were a producer of a morning show. Yep. And uh, with uh, one of the other friends that we have in town. And I was a street boy, actually, too. And uh, so how did that come about? I mean, you went, uh, you, you, you graduated from being a... Uh, uh, street boy? Whipping boy, yeah, a uh, what is it, a cartoon character type yeah. thing on a morning show. Well, here's uh, what happened. Here's what happened. I have to do that. Well, I, I've always wanted to. I've always loved radio. I've always, you know, a, a lot of us, at least most of us, you know, used to pretend like we were DJs in in our bedrooms and whatever. I used to spin all the records and whatnot. Of course, back then I didn't know about formats and that you can't play country with rock and roll. What it, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I called up the show one time and I said, you know what, guys. I'm willing to do anything I have to do to get on the show and be part of your show. That was my first mistake. They said, are you really? I said, yes. What do you want to do? They said, okay, here's what you want to do. So they took the bait. 
Yeah, so here's what we want you to do. We want you to show up at the radio station. Our, our, our producer at the time will tell us, will tell you where the station is and everything, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun with you. So anyway, so I get there, and they say, okay, dude, you want to be part of this radio show? Yes. And I said, yes, I do. Uh, well, you got to do something. I'm thinking, well, and I was I, I was coming up with all kinds of ideas, like going to the mall and washing people's cars and stuff like that, <laughs> whatever. They said, no, 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 we're going to have you do something easy. I'm like, oh, really? So yeah, so they said, here's what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to go in the bathroom over there. You're going to take your clothes off, oh, yeah. and and you're going to put on these garbage bags. And we are going to take you a distance from the station, and you need to hitchhike back wearing nothing but these garbage bags. If you get back here before the end of the show, you got a job. <laughs> so explain to me what was going through your mind when they were telling you this. Well, what was, what was, the, what was your mind's eye, what was your brain's projector doing right as they were saying this? Were you actually envisioning, envisioning yourself with these garbage bags out on a two-lane no. highway in the middle of nowhere? No, and you know, and here's the thing: they, I had to hitchhike through town. I couldn't hitchhike on the interstate. So here's the thing: oh. I, 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 I was walking a little bit, and of course, you know, there's a lot of people that are willing to pick up a guy wearing nothing but garbage bags walking on the street with a cell phone. There are. No, there aren't. And okay. here's. <laughs> So anyway, so here, so anyway, so I'm like trying to, I'm talking to the guys, and they, I'm giving them my progress, and I get my first person picking up, picking me up, and I, I went through town, and I, I started out in Sabin, Minnesota. Do you know yep. how far that is from here? Eleven miles. Eleven miles. So I had to go eleven miles, and they didn't tell me as we were going in this there were rules for people picking me up. Here's the rules. I can only be in each car for four and a half minutes. Oh, wow. So I thought, hey, I'm scot-free. This guy's going to pick me up. He's going to take me right to the stoop. No. They said, we're going to be on the timer. And once this bell rings, you need to get out of the car. And I said, no, I'm, no. They said, uh, they said, give, give the phone to the driver. And I, I heard him say on the radio, they said, okay, if he doesn't get out of the car, you push him out of the car. But you do not go any further unless he gets out of the car. Okay, great. So I, I get out, and then I, I'm, like, doing really well, and I'm, like, trying to get to the home stretch, and I'm, like, bribing people with free pizza, and I'm uh, uh, autograph. well, uh, the autographs for myself at the time didn't really go very well. Uh, I think I saw one on eBay recently for minus uh, 25 bucks. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. So I'm, like, I, like, was doing really good. And the next thing you know, they pick, they, a guy picks me up. I'm like, uh, like five blocks from the station. They, they sent a guy to drive me the wrong way. Oh, great. I, was, I, I, I would have been there with an hour to spare, but the guy took me halfway back. How, and then, how unfair and then is that? And dropped you off? And dropped me off halfway back. I'm like, so you, lo you lost a bunch of ground on that one. I did. I, I lost about six miles. Because I, I remember the point where I was at. And anyway, so to make a long story short, I make it back. Uh, I jump in uh, I, I jump in the studio, uh, and I had 35 seconds to spare before the end of the show. And uh, they said, uh, well, we're gonna, now we're going to vote to see if you know, fans really wanted me on. And, but let me tell you this. The torture did not continue. 
And here's the funny thing. I first met you. You were coming to the door because you had to fix something at the radio station, and then you're seeing the guy standing there wearing nothing but garbage bags. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing because I don't remember that particular incident. I, remember I don't just, remember the garbage bag thing, but I do remember meeting you uh, at the studios there, and uh, you were involved with that morning show team. Yeah, well, you know, did I, did I ever tell you what the owner of the station said to me? Uh uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this out of the bag. He said he, the guy that just walked in there. I said yeah, uh, he's our engineer. Don't talk to him. Don't bother him. Leave him alone. <laughs> oh okay all right. But guess what? I didn't listen. Yeah, that's <laughs> obvious. Because you because you came up to me and you asked me who I was. Oh okay. See I don't remember any of this. I don't know if this was like a morning after the night before <laughs> or. Uh, uh, sometime where uh, uh, your owner or your boss had called me because of he needed is that is that me feeding back? Uh, it could be. I don't know. I don't know because I've heard it three times now. Um, of course, you've <laughs> got uh, you've got the telephone pot wide open too. Yeah, that always helps. He All never right. he never learns that. You notice that? Oh yeah, Icon seems never to learn. But anyway, right. um, but uh, yeah, I think it was probably one of those days. Um, you know, the most interesting story I have about those days What's that? was nine eleven. Oh yeah, that was actually the that was actually the. Uh, uh, you know, I kind of took a little hiatus from the station because I started my own business at the time, and my first day back with those guys after my business unfortunately failed because of a local team didn't pay me. We we can talk about that another time. But my first day back was September eleventh. Uh, and um, that was I, I'll I'll never forget that I I was listening to CNN radio at the time, and I heard a, a thing come across the thing saying that a plane hit the World Trade Center, and I'm like going guys uh, a plane just hit the World Trade Center maybe should we go to this and they're like no it's probably just some kind of pilot error or something, no, and then uh, uh, three or four minutes later another plane hit. I said guys we need to go to this, and then the next thing you know we're talking about. Al Qaeda and yep. Bin Laden and this and that, and wh- uh, where were you that day? What, what did you do well, that day? I got woke up because of that, uh, but it was an engineering issue for one of the stations that I worked at, and then uh, your boss had called me I think seconds before that, saying that Ken, is there a way that we can get ABC or CBS or one of the news networks in the the uh, uh, in the studio here, because we don't have any way to air those, and we've got permission to do so. And I said, well, I think there's some patching that would have to be done. This is all electronic terms. And uh, um, I said that uh, it can be done. Um, I'll talk to the uh, – there was a little news network right down the hall, and I think they had access to what we needed. And so, uh, you know, and I knew those people really well. They decided that they would let us use their equipment. And so on my way to your station, I got another call from a station down in um, uh, South Minnesota, Morris, saying that uh, we're having problems with our transmitters trying to stay on the air. And they were on a backup because their main had failed, and their backup was kicking out. And they were saying that... uh, we need to get coverage on the air about this World Trade Center. And I said, what? 
And then the first thing I did while I was getting dressed was I turned the TV on. All the channels were pretty much continuous bomb, bomb, bomb the World Trade Center because they kept running the footage over and over and over. And the whole day was just ultra-consumed with that. Yes, I got the guys back on the air. Uh, I got your boss uh, uh, an audio feed that they could use. Uh, everybody was happy there. But it's like this overbearing, looming thing was this disaster at the World Trade Center that just consumed me the whole day. I listened to AM radio, talk radio, for the first time in well over 12 hours while I was on the road and because uh, I wanted to hear what was happening. I wanted to hear updates, you know, and all of that. And my friends, yeah, you can have your iPod. You can have your uh, podcast. Which you did can, not exist you back can, then. Yes, and then you can have uh, your Spotify, your Pandora. You can have all your streaming services. Nothing takes the place of live, direct radio when you're mobile, when you're in your car. Because why? You can push a button and listen to a radio station, take care of all of the feeds that you want to take care of. You don't have to be on your phone pushing, well, I think I think I'll take the stream. Oh, I think I'll take pretty soon to crash. No, you don't need any of that crap. All you need is a freaking radio to push a button on. You know, I don't think satellite radio wasn't even around back then, was it? Yeah, it was. It was, okay. But it was just in its embassy, I believe. Yeah, that would have been 2001. All right, so now that's... Later on that year, I lost my dad. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, well, we're sorry to hear that, of course. <laughs> it's uh, amazing, uh, you know, the uh, consequences of events and things like that. Um, yeah, it happened the same year. It actually happened within a month. But what do you remember? You remember 9-11 as the Trade Center bombing. Matharis, where were you that day? I believe, if I remember, I was in, uh, let's see, I think I was in third grade. I believe I was in my third grade classroom, and then I think we all just sat in school for a while, and then eventually my parents came and picked me up. It was an early day. Of course, I had no idea what was going on. Well, I was this going, happened early yeah. in the morning, like 8 o'clock. Yeah. I think I remember. I think it was like 11 o'clock. I think we all had lunch, and then we all went home with our folks. And I think, I mean, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was only seven years old. I couldn't, you know, process anything as to what was going on. But that still, you know. So you knew it was a big event. Oh, yeah. Well, because then, I, like, my parents were huddled around the TV, and yep. and the whole school something was, was. Something yeah. was consuming them. The, print, the, the principal said that something was going on, and everybody needed to turn on the TVs, and. I think we had maybe a couple TVs and a couple classrooms back in my school, and we watched that stuff, and then later on they just sent us all home, and then the next day we went on as usual. But, you know, everybody was just glued to a television set or a radio or whatever the case may be. That so the time, from the time I got done listening to the radio on the road till the time I got home uh, and finally went to bed, I think like Scott says, I'm an idol. Um, it was like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning when I finally crashed. I know. But I watched the TV continuously yep. because that's where all of the current news was coming from. Absolutely. And that's where I got it. But, you know, before September 11th, I'm going to share this. We we we, we got about four minutes here before our, our theme song hits, but our outro. 
before that, the biggest, most devastating event in my life was the Shadow Challenger explosion in January 28th, 1986. I, I remember, remember that just as well. I was working uh, at a uh, radio station in North Morehead, and uh, uh, somebody had called the station saying, are you going to cover the, uh, uh, was it Challenger? Yeah, Shuttle Challenger, yep. Yeah, the, the shuttle uh, explosion. And so we took, we stole a TV out of the conference room, and we rigged it up to an antenna system in our engineering room, and everybody in the station that wasn't on the air huddled around that uh, uh, TV set for information and uh, replay of the uh, Challenger disaster. And uh, uh, I can remember that. Um, that was another one of those things that uh, basically uh, your life stopped. Right, and what and happened another, was... Another one for me, too, what I would recommend, what I remember was back in 99 with the Columbine shooting. Yep, that, that was, was another... another there was a lot of big events that you can remember on specific dates because it took everybody's breath away. Everybody yep. was watching the TV. Everybody was watching something to get updates on a specific event, whether it be Challenger, whether it be 9-11, whether it be Columbine, whether it be Sandy Hook, whether it be all that kind of stuff. It's just the world is like the world that we're living now is just something else. Yeah. I remember um, probably was way going to outdate you guys, but uh, my first experience in something like that, that completely blew me away. Kennedy? JFK. And uh, I remember uh, the principal coming into our classroom. I was in seventh grade, and I remember the principal coming into the classroom saying that uh, your parents are going to be coming and getting you. Uh, there's been a national disaster, and uh, they'll inform you on what it is. And that's really all he said, I think. And then, so sure enough, Mom came to get us in our 59 Ford ranch wagon <laughs> and uh, loaded us up and uh, brought us home. And for the rest of the day, all we did was sat in front of the TV and watched Walter Cronkite. You know, uh, I'm going to real quick here about the, the Shuttle Challenge explosion. That was the day after my birthday, and back in the day when I was in first grade, when if we had a birthday, we got our teacher would give us a little birthday wish, like, uh, you know, go out and have like an extra 15 minutes of recess, whatever, this and that. And that's what everybody wanted. They either wanted the teacher bring in cookies, this and that. My thing was I wanted to be able to watch the Shuttle Challenger launch in the classroom, and my teacher said, yeah, that's tomorrow. We, we we can do that. And little did I know, of course, no one knew that was going to happen. But uh, when that happened and all of us are, like, watching this thing go down, yeah. uh, it was it was very traumatic. And I had I had nightmares to, to this to, for a long time after that. Cause, well, it's like every single one of those things that affects you that dramatically – you know, most of the time it'll bring tears to your eyes every time you think back on it, how intense it was, and it's unreal. And I'm sure, I'm for sure now, for you days, Ken, it's listening to our show. <laughs> I try not to do that. Uh, that. That way I don't get into trouble. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we got a big show next week. Uh, our team song is about to hit here, so remember, uh, till next week, uh, love each other, care for each other. Uh, join us here every Monday night, 89.1 Kansas FM, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be with us. And remember, it's not goodbye. It's just good night. We'll see you next week. And as always, we love you. And don't forget.
to listen to all of Ken's shows every day. He loves you as well. Take care. You think you know me. Honest day.